Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Tail, and I'm your host, Joe Zare Jr., and with me is my co-host, Ryan Greening. How's it going tonight, Ryan? Hey, Joe. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I just got back from the Christmas Classic. Well, you went yesterday. Shut up, Joe. I know, I know, I know. Before we get into that, though, later on in the episode, we're going to have Racecraft's Chasen Ehrlich on. I believe that's how you say his name. I'll ask him. Uh, former pro skater, just got into our scene. He's making these sweet ass. We talked about it last week. Those uh, over the table deals with the light on it, fold up, carry away type deals. If you're curious and you want to check it out while you're following along, you can find them at Racecraft USA on Facebook. Yep, correct. All right, so let's talk about. Your Christmas classic experience. Oh, God. Let me pull it up. Okay. Oh, man. Just just horrible. And to be fair, I absolutely deserved it. I showed up to an on-road race um, completely, totally unprepared. Um, Sometimes you can get away with it racing off-road. Don't you agree? Yeah, sometimes. You ju- you can't get away with it racing on road. Yeah, a couple weeks. At least, go at least I'm convinced that I can't. No, a couple weeks ago when I raced, had a race stock, I had zero practice with my buggy and still got a podium. Sure. But yeah, no, it's on road's tough, man. Because it is tough. I I made it even tougher on myself. I made a last, last minute decision yeah. just a few days before the race. I bought. An additional chassis because uh, it was cheap. It came with a lot of nice stuff, and I thought, well, if uh, if my friend Benny doesn't get himself an on-road car here soon enough, um, I can I can switch that new car over to a spec 12, and then at least um, he and I can do some racing when the track isn't in on-road configuration. So anyway. Um, I was hoping it would show up Thursday. It didn't. It showed up Friday. I worked a little bit later than I would have liked, and then I needed to get that car together, so I couldn't work on my Spec 12 car, which was uh, originally that was going to be the only class that I ran. Yep. So I, I got the car, I um, and I, I was hanging out with my wife, too, and watching TV while I'm doing this, so not the most efficient way to go about getting a race car ready so um i took all night basically just to put the thing together um wasn't totally and completely done i didn't get to the track as early as i could have saturday morning and i got no laps on the stock 12th car before my first heat and i got mm, like two minutes with my spec 12 car and um i was way way off the pace with both cars like it wasn't even close the only the only reason i got to be anywhere near anyone during my qualifiers is if, is if they were having a bad qualifier because everybody's car was faster yeah. not sure if it was gearing um i went fairly low with my tires and i kind of I, I was eavesdropping a little bit you know looking at the other spec 12 cars nobody was running one run tires well, From what I could tell. You really can't do one-run tires with Spec 12 regardless because they don't really chew up the foam. Okay. Well, I mean, you can get them to where you get two or three runs out of them. 
but they don't chew up this foam the same as a uh, 17.5 or 13.5 is one run period. Okay. Um, well, anyway, how, how low it, were you running them? What's that? How low were you running them? Uh, I was like three and a half. So what's that millimeter? Sorry, I know mill. Three three and a half millimeters. Oh, I'm I'm saying tire wise. Oh, uh, thirty nine. Yeah, no, that should be fine. I mean, thirty nine ish. Um, yeah, I don't think it was tires. I no. I think it might be a combination. I, I think I've noticed this ever since I started in spec back the first time that I bought a Roche. Um, I, I think I just might have a slow uh, FTM motor. Yeah, that's very possible. Um, when you're combine that with, I didn't get enough laps to have the track totally dialed. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hitting it consistent every single lap and then slap on top of that. I don't think I ever found the right gearing to the point where I don't even know if I was geared too high or too low. Cause I only, I only wanted to make small changes in between the heats Yep. and nothing I was doing seemed to make a big enough deal. And, um, Yeah clean lap versus clean lap i was just getting my doors blown off that sucks i mean you really need to like if i were to do the christmas classic i would do on road as much as possible for weeks prior to right. get back in the groove because to be it's not like so back like five six seven years ago maybe even before you were into racing in 12 scale to be somewhat competitive in the A main, you just had to stay relatively clean and keep off and just kind of hold a tight line. But now they're finding tents on the track, and it's very hard to see. It's very hard to see what they're doing in regards to what you're doing. But let's say they're going two inches wider on this corner so they can go two inches more inside on that corner, and it's gaining them a half a tenth. You're like, what the hell? Right. So yeah, twelve scale man, that's it's tough, but see I got my teeth kicked in. Uh in both classes that I was racing, there was gonna be a B main with only two drivers and with as far off as my car was, I didn't wanna take an A main spot away from somebody that, you know, might actually be able to get in there and have some fun. Sure. And what I'm saying is whoever ended up in the B main with me, you know, if they went out and like had a stupid little break or something like that. And I ended up in the A instead of them. I didn't want that to happen because I couldn't even compete. Um, I had a lot of fun just hanging out with a great group of guys and whatnot. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to end my weekend with, you know, continuing to just suck balls up on the driver's stand. So I was like, you know what? I had a really fun Saturday. I got in the spirit. I, my wife found me some awesome, uh, accessories to go. I had a like a Christmas tree light necklace nice. that lit up, and I had some <laughs> Rudolph had some Rudolph uh, antlers up on my head that lit up as well with little bells on them. And uh, I don't know, just had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun. I I wish I would have put a little more into it. Yeah, no, but as long as you had fun though, and that's what's absolutely most important. And yep. John Weeda, Jeff Will, Brad Sadvig, they were all there. That's always fun and Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they all looked they all looked great. It was it was fun watching those guys drive that are a little more dialed in driving wise. 
in on-road and are way more in tune with their cars. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what happened with me. Right. Um, with some results wise, uh, Jeff Choban was the guy to beat in touring car. He doubled up. He took the super stock touring car, uh, victory along with, uh, dollar hobbies has, uh, 17, five fixed timing, uh, hobby wing motor touring car class. That's, that's the one that generally gets the most entries. And so he won both of those. So he doubled up, uh, Rick file stick. Is it sticker or sticker? I say sticker, fall sticker. Sure. Fall sticker, file sticker. Anyway, Rick, sorry for butchering your name. Uh, he was running great all weekend long. He doubled up in VTA and spec 12, uh, Euro truck, uh, Dave Duncan, the host announcer, race director, he dominated qualifying, but then, uh, Joey Carlson was able to take the a main win in that one and stock 12. I assume it was John Wieda. I'll look here real quick. So yeah. Um, Brad Sadvig's getting quick too. Because no doubt, it, it looked like he I'm, was uh, about exactly one lap down. So after eight minutes to be one lap down to the two-time national champ, not at, bad, hey? At my best, I'm two laps down from Wida. At my sure. best, I'm assuming I would have been like six or seven down. Yeah. So yeah, on average, I'm three laps down. Um, before we get to more results, I got to make a quick announcement because um, this just came over the wire out of nowhere. LSRCC is going to start their carpet season starting this Thursday. Oh, fabulous! the The armory goes. You know what? We kind of screwed you over. We're going to give you the armory for this price for the entire season. It's not a race by race or a monthly rent or none of that. You get it. And so they're starting this Thursday. So if you want to race some on-road and you've got maybe Friday after you live in the area, the LSRCC will be racing at the Armory on Thursday night. And I'm sure a more complete schedule will come as time goes on. That's awesome. I'm gonna, if, I, uh, if I find myself – you said it was still Thursday nights, right? Right. Uh, if I find myself with a – Friday off here coming up in the slow winter season for construction. I'd like to try to get up and, yeah. you know, support them and run some spec 12 up there as well. Sure. Yeah. I'll talk to Van Ert. Van Ert's got a shit ton of cars. I'll see if he's got one for me to run. You know, hey. I, I, I don't want to get bitten by the bug yet. Like I said, I want this. There, there's a small. You want to come back when the rubber tires in. Not not only that, but when the dust settles, maybe the rubber tire won't be back or won't happen. Something like that. The dust needs to settle on everything. If that makes sense, I'm not. I, I want to go in. I want to buy a car and just. Have you looked at the Osmatics car? Yes, it's so. Doesn't it make you want to buy oh, one right now? I want. I I never thought I'd say this, but I want to spend four hundred dollars on a twelve scale. I know. I, I feel the same way when I look at the new X-ray too. Yeah, I I would just as easily go out and buy that. For sure. Yeah. I I don't know about the X-ray. I haven't heard. I mean, obviously, Brad. I don't know if he's got the new new one, but Brad did very well with his X-ray. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Do you have it? Sorry. Do you have any more uh, results? I had to get that out before I forgot. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Thunder Road was rolling this weekend in uh, Waite Park, Minnesota, out there in the middle of the state. Uh, Hunter Holmberg. This is a, he might have raced recently, but this is the first time I've seen his name in the results. Uh, he came out with uh, TLR's new Wheeler and won the thirteen five four wheel drive expert A main mm-hmm. over Mickelson and Torot. Uh, your dad was there. Where did I see him? He was racing that two-wheel drive stock intermediate class. There it is. Uh, he won that. Yeah, he qualified over third. Chris Mickelson and a- Avenator. I don't know what the hell that I, means. I don't know. There's a lot of either. there's a lot of nicknames going on at Thunder Road, and since I don't ever make it there, yep. I don't know them. Uh, did your dad also run stadium truck? He did. Yep. So he went uh, one-two on the weekend. Senior finished second in the thirteen five stadium truck, eh, man? He said he was on Austin's tail for a little bit, but, man, Austin with the truck is really good. I don't know. I don't know how much more carpet I'm going to do until February. Um, do you have any more results? Oh, yeah. Before yeah we we get... Get... Okay. What do we get? We got Dollar Hobbies, uh, the Toy Box yep. over in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They were rolling yesterday. Two mod classes. Uh, our favorite class the mini truggy class oh, Keith Vanderhyde takes the win there followed by Kurt Roberts and Jacob G oh Jake Glander yep and you missed the box how many laps down was I seven yeah I popped a ball cup doing something stupid I was when I popped the ball cup I was the only one left on the lead lap I wasn't going to catch up to Keith because I made a mistake I'm like I'm going to go out there on slicks. That was sure. not the smartest move. Um, my truck was really edgy and twitchy, but it was still really drivable. Yeah, and, he's he's really hooked up at that place too. Right. Um, it'll be fun for, I think everyone should go do some racing at the toy box in the next couple of weeks once they get a new layout because they haven't had a fresh yep. layout in a long time. So those toy box regulars, they have a, a huge one-up on everybody. Right. Track will be ready Wednesday with the new layout. So did you race mod two-wheel drive? Yes. I, I wasn't going. I'm like, God, you know what? I'm just going to race stock. But then it's like, you know what? It's just a club race. Who gives a shit? I'm going to throw mod motor in, and I did. And I had a and blast. It, it, was a tro- it was a trophy race, though, wasn't it? Yes, and I missed a box there. Um, yeah, they had seven in mod two wheel drive. That's a great A main. Yeah. You I mean, I, in this day and time, I don't ever expect there to be two full heats of mod two wheel drive anymore. No. Having seven in the main is great because you're covered on marshals. It, it does everything that I want a class to do. Well, we originally had eight. Keith Vanderhyde was running, um, mod two wheel. And then his ESC couldn't take the 10.5 because he's got, like, um, a Pro Stock X or 10 Pro Stock or something like that. Okay. And it got warm at the end of a qualifier and it quit on him. And it's like, no way that's going to make an eight-minute main. Right. So he had oh, to they, drop. They didn't have two-wheel drive short course. That's surprising. They usually do there. Yeah. It was, it was not a light day, but it was a weird day with what was full. Like, they had, like, six or seven 4x4 four four short courses. Um, 
Yeah, they had 58 entries, but no B-mains. Right. So they had nine different classes, but they were all relatively full. Yep. But that's tough. That When you can't weed out people that don't deserve to be in an A-main, that makes it tough to navigate in that A-main. It does, you're, de- sure. you're dealing with a lot of cones out there. Yep. Um, in that mini-truggy class, especially, just on the podium alone, there was five laps between Glander and Vanderhyde. I was out for 90 seconds, and I was two laps behind of making the podium. Right. Well, yeah, Keith won by four laps. Yeah. I mean, he was just fucking wheeling. I w- oh, God, I almost I missed TQ by two seconds. Sure. And I'm like, I'm going to leave these tires on, and my truck's so good. And then the main, it's like, oh, this is a fucking mistake. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, whatever. It was fun. I had a blast. And you know what? Joe 3 legitimately made a podium in two-wheel drive novice. I was so proud of the way he drove. Cool. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. And he had a blast. He's having a lot of fun racing this year. I'm kind of happy about that. Because right it's like when I, I brought him racing prior seasons, he like kind of wants to be there, but kind of not. And I think I know the reason why he wasn't seeing a lot of progress, but now he's starting to see the progress. Sure. So he's getting a fire lit under his ass and he actually wants to go racing now. That's great. That's great for both of you. Right, right. Oh, shit. I just moved my mic. I wasn't even... Sorry, I was trying to tighten it, and the whole thing moved. Um, Yeah, but mod, that layout, I don't know about the new layout they're doing. That layout, even though the toy box is a smaller track, mod did work. Mm-hmm. Fucking Kyle. So I don't know if he won four-wheel mod, but his car was. I had to marshal him for four-mod because mini-truggy. He was God well on the edge fast. He Yeah, is, he was six tenths faster than the eventual winner, James Dolan, on their fast laps. Yeah. What did Kyle get what did Kyle get down to? Like a twelve five, twelve four? Twelve point two nine eight. So essentially a twelve three. Yeah. And uh James's fastest was a twelve point eight three eight. Both are insanely fast. But mm-hmm. Kyle's is he can get that car around the way he was when he got that 12-2, but it's super hard to be consistent like that. Okay. Yeah, it looks like he struggled a little bit with consistency, 88%. That was enough for James to get in there and uh, win the main by just looks like he, I mean, it says a lap, but it looks more like it was about two seconds at the line. Probably two seconds. They probably missed uh they they probably missed but yeah so he went for a victory lap yeah um james is a damn ice man he really is he's just super consistent i literally don't i i don't think i've watched him drive in the last two years i haven't ended up in the same place as him so it seemed like something clicked for him this summer like we were out on the astroturf track at hillbilly hills and we were in the same race, and prior to that, on the clay, we were battling. Maybe I could get over on him here or there, 
but this summer at Hillbilly Hills, he started beating me consistently. It's like, oh, we're not on the same level anymore. Shit. <laughs> so it's like another kid's beating me. Yeah, we just got to wave, wave as they blow by us on their way to the podium. That's all you can do. Right, right. And then, um, yeah. All right. Any more results or? Yeah, just nationally, uh, it was the fall brawl at Badlands RC in yep. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, Seth Van Dalen doubled up and won both the Pro Nitro buggy and the Truggy main event there. That's awesome. Uh, he need not needed needed that, but that's a shot in the arm during contract season. Yeah, for sure. Looks like he made it exciting, and one of the mains came from relatively far back to take the win. So that's very really cool. good. That's really good. Um, before we get into uh, silly season, do you have any more results? I was going to do a beginner segment, then we're going to get into silly season a little bit, but there's so much it's hard to cover everything. No, we're all out of results. All right, so beginner segment this week. I had an interesting interaction on Facebook because I was prepared to give a guy a shit ton of parts because I'm always excited when somebody wants to do like a team velocity conversion or whatever. And the dude goes, what do I need to make a VT64? And I said, what surface? And I go, and he goes, carpet. I go, oh, you need a slipper and you need V2 associated buggy springs. You need the blues in the rears and the reds in the front. And then I was going to keep going and going and going. And then I was going to create kind of a repertoire with the guy. And eventually I probably would have sent him some velocity shock towers and whatnot just to make his life easier. Next post, this guy demeans the shit out of me. I could tell he's a new guy. I kind of trolled his Facebook. So this is why this is under the beginner segment. He's like, oh, no shit, Sherlock. And what do you mean, Buggy Springs? You're a dumb... He's calling me a dumb shit. He's calling me MF or whatever. So what? I... Yeah, this guy snapped. I was like, oh, my God. And then I looked at his profile, and, you know, he wore... He's an adult man that wears flat-billed baseball caps. He puts his dipshittery on display for everybody to see. Yeah, you know, he's wearing super baggy shirt shirt and pants and gold chains. And, you know, I was looking at his profiles like, everybody's always throwing me under the bus. It's like, maybe it's you, pal. (laughs) I love those guys. Yeah. Never, ever willing to look in the mirror. Never their fault. And you you look at their profile, and it's once, and I have a, ton of people on my friends list like this and it's once a week something's happening in their life somehow (laughs) they twist it around to where it's not their fault but it's totally their fault but that's the kind of guy this guy was and jason chenard you know local racer one of my buddies and he listens to this he comments this guy doesn't know because i know the vt60 the only people who know the vt64 better than i do are the guys of velocity rc and Jason's like, this guy's just shooting himself in the foot left and right. I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> this guy's like, oh, you know, they ain't do shit. They ain't make their own shit, which they did. Or they machined 
existing parts to make it work. He's like, they just use a T6.1 shock tower. I'm like, you're not even in the ballpark, dude. You have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, oh, well, whatever. And he deleted the whole thing. And I think he blocked <laughs> me. So my beginner segment is, if you ask advice or ask for help, don't turn around, don't argue with the person, and don't shit on the guy you're asking advice to. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Have you ever had that? I've had that happen in a smaller way locally to where people have come up to me and asked me for, you know, my car's loose going into the corner. What would you do? And it's like, well, just to start out to make it easier, put a millimeter under your inside rear ball stud washer. You know, start out simple. And then they're like, why? Well, and then you start getting into roll centers. But wait, this is what I'm trying to do. It's like I'm telling you what to do. Listen, try it out, maybe ask questions a little bit later, but don't come at me like you didn't just come and ask me the question. Yeah, don't sit there and argue with the person that you just asked advice for. Like... Oh, I, yeah, I totally know where you're coming from on that. You try to give them a piece of advice, and they'll come back with a counter-argument. It's yeah. like, well, this is what you asked me for. I gave it to you. You're on your own now. There's a couple new guys at the toy box. They all have somewhat matching 4x4 short courses, but one of them, one or two of them have like a 4x4 buggy and whatnot. Uh, one of the kids' names is Riley. I can't remember their last name. It might be Hanson. I'm not sure. But that whole family, and sometimes the dad shows up, that whole family, nicest family in the world, and they're soaking it up. They're willing to listen and whatever. And one of them had bald tires on his car, so I gave him a set of tires. I He's like, can I buy them from you? And they're a brand new set of resistors. It's like five bucks, man. Take them because they're just a bunch of kids. Sure. And it's like, you know, they're they're the they're great kids and they're willing to learn and they listen and they're appreciative. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, silly season. We we I got a bunch of notes before we got a call. <laughs> Chase. Here. Sure, let's get to it. Um, so silly season is Lutz didn't end up anywhere nobody thought since we last recorded. He ended up at a company called WRC, an up and starting company. And I've I had thoughts about this one, but then I, I'm like, God, you know, this is a Hara situation when Hara went to S Works when S Works was owned by somebody else and all that shit. But then I'm like. Why would I question Ryan Lutz? You know what I mean? Nobody raced Durango until he was on Durango. Nobody raced Tamaya until he was on Tamaya. Nobody raced Techno when he... People have a short memory. He was the first pro at Techno. Right. He, he made that Agama shine. Nobody was yep. making that Agama shine. Right. So who the hell am I... To be like, Lutz is making a mistake. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Look at you taking a reasonable approach here. But he's made the move so many times. Right. You know. 
So it's like, yeah, I, I think he knows what he's doing. One thing that bothered me is he's going back to Alpha Engines. In my experience, his last signature motor with Alpha Engines was garbage. Aren't those things like gas hogs? They're gas hogs. And, like, Rob Petrick had one where the rod went through the side of the block. Like, went all the way through the side of the block. Um, it, I, I never seen... There was never really a good one that ever hit the track in the MNRC series. So that one bugged me a little bit, but eh, whatever. You got to get your motor contingency. I get it. Um, Mass Exodus is happening at Yokomo. Joe Pillars is out. He's just now the international sales manager at 1UP Racing. So that was a huge move. Everybody everybody's leaving at this point um except mayfield still says he has a job i don't see how he's literally the only guy left there um ty testman was down at that florida carpet race testing from what i heard jaycon tires he might be out at pro line oh wow yeah well, he's always kind of when he's not running the tires. He sh- when he's not running his contracted tires, he's been busted with Jaycons before, right? Yeah. So, and it'd be a great addition. But think about this: so you've been on Fox, you were Fox team manager, and I've had this question for you: Can you stack the deck too high to where it doesn't matter anymore? Mm, in my tiny little niche market which it was um no i i did what i had to do with my budget and because so many of the top guys and at one time basically all of the top guys ran my stuff everybody else wanted to too i had guys in the pro class that were paying for product because they wanted to be on what the champ was running sure Sure. And it's like, well, I'm maxed out on budget. I can't add you to the team. I can give you a discount. I can help you out when I'm at the track. I can work on your stuff and get you dialed in. Um, so I'm probably not a good example of it because I it worked beautifully for me for many, many, many years. I mean, we Fox went ten years, ten, ten years in a row. And maybe eleven now in GNCC winning the championship. Yeah. So I, I I never lost a title while I was there. Well, think about. I mean, you think you were in a niche market, but you know what? Any any whatever you call them, I'm not even going to say derogatory, but any chick trying to hook up with any rider anywhere knows what Fox is. They all have the Fox hoodie. Right. So Fox is a household name. So, yeah, you find somebody that, you find a chick that at a race that's wearing a team-associated hoodie, that'd be more rare. <laughs> and we, we did it across all platforms, too. There was a time where everybody who was anybody in Snowcross had to have our stuff. Um, 
we're we're still very very popular and i say i still say we because i i mean fox is always going to be a part of me mm-hmm. you know my my stepdad runs the the minnesota operation of that company and i still feel very attached to it but anyway um yeah they did that as much as they possibly could as much as budget would allow yeah I'm just trying to think where other people might be going because think about this. Adam Drake's not going to stick around at a, at a Horizon-run company like ProLine. So I'm guessing Drake's out of there. Yeah. I said that last time around, but it's sounding more and more like Drake's out. Hmm. Um, but think about J-Con's team. Think about how... I mean, they got Mayfield, they got Dakota Fend, they got Seth Van Dalen, um, they got Lee Setzer, they got a ton of, they got, on the carpet side, they got uh, Brock Champlin, they got, and he is Mr. Carpet, so. Yeah, they slowly picked away and ended up with just about everybody, Yeah. You know? But no, hey, 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 they haven't ended up with me yet. <laughs> they they haven't sent me my... <laughs> no, I'm just joking, though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one that keeps Rona up at night. It should. Sure. Jason. The one, that, the one that got away. Jason, I'm I'm calling you. Dude, I, I sent him my little resume deal, man. I'm, I'm calling you out. <laughs> Joe, Joe, please don't beg on the show. Oh, I'm not begging. Um... Anyway, so yeah, silly season is going nuts right now. I'm trying to think. Are you going to be sponsored by Racecraft USA? I don't know. You know, should probably I probably try to get that deal done tonight I, while I, he's on the air, while I you should. got him in the hot seat. Huh? I should, but I'm willing to spend the full price on that unit. Yeah, same. I uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and yeah, I, I want to talk to him more and more about that. We'll wait till he's on. Yeah, I'm just looking at the the toy box mod four wheel drive A main alone. Yeah, James Dolan, Kyle Holmberg, Clayton Cartaluca, Joe Scaramel, all four uh, J Concepts drivers. Right. And I can tell you because I was running Proline tires on my buggy yesterday because I just didn't have any more J Con tires to burn up. The J Con tires are better at the toy box. The ellipsis sure. to be specific. Um. Oh, this is kind of cool. There's um a new service starting that I'm sure I'll join and have another monthly payment on my checking account. There's an RC box club happening. What is that? So have you ever heard of uh, Loot Crate? Nope. Loot Crate was a deal. I think they're still around. Like, let's say you're a Simpsons fan. Well, they'll send you Simpsons paraphernalia every month for like 20 bucks a month. Oh, like a drop. Yeah. Okay. Well, this RC... Drop. Yeah. We the, ca- I always know them as drop boxes. Yep. Gotcha. So this RC box club, I don't think it'll be as personalized. Maybe you can choose between racing and crawling and whatnot. I'm not sure. There's not a lot of information. But they've given us more information than Mayako. I can say that. 
because I know what the RC Box Club is, and I kind of get an idea of what they do. <laughs> so it's a monthly box subscription. Sure. Um, I'm kind of excited to see it. I'm sure I'll get a, at least two or three boxes. If it ends up being dumb 3D printed shit, they can die. Um, speaking of, so I've done a thing of deduction in my head. I'm guessing my ACO is tires. Okay. Yeah, we definitely needed another one of those, he said sarcastically. Yeah, yeah I know. What well, if they're like the best tires ever, though? They very well could be. You never know. I mean, I mean, I never thought that. I never thought in a million years that raw speed was going to be the tire to have. No, you wouldn't. And you're like, screw these. And guys. I still have a hard time believing it. And so, okay, I've messed with it quite a bit. I prefer them in stock at the five ten over yeah. any other tire. But in Crazy. mod, I do not prefer them. But, you know, they're so much faster in stock. Sure. Uh, did you see what the King of the Streets is up to for purse? I don't, I don't even know what that means. Oh, your favorite. Uh, no prep drag racing. Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah, this is... Pe people think this is cool and all that shit. And last year, the dude won 4000 bucks. Came from Hawaii and won 4000 bucks. Cool. Tekin just added $4,000 to the pot, which will make it a $25,000 grand prize. Right on. To the winner. Do you imagine how many accusations and how much butthurt is going to be behind that money? Is is there any... Uh, are there ways to cheat in that, Tires, in that yes. arena? Yes. Or is it just like wide open? Well, there's gray rules about the wing and all that shit and okay. the cars. Like if you look at a stock DR10 and you look at what Tim Smith is doing, they're not the same fucking thing. They're not even sure. close. You're looking at um, a TC4 versus an Osomatics touring car. That sure. is literally the difference. Um, This big of a race is going to destroy nationally. No prep drag racing is my thought. Because you have that many people that are going to be at each, other, each other's throat because they're all delusional right. enough to think they have a chance. Yeah, I think one of the things that keeps uh, RC more of a hobby and less of a sport, let, like let's say, um, let's compare it to on a local level motocross racing. Yep. A lot of families that go motocross racing or BMX racing or whatever it is, a lot of those families do not get along. No, they and, don't. And because things are taken a lot more seriously than we take ourselves when we're at the track playing with little toy cars. Sure. Would no, you agree? I totally that, agree. Yeah. Uh, I've always thought that putting money, uh, purse money into, let's call it amateur RC racing, like dash for caches and stuff like that. Yeah. I've always maintained that that's a bad idea because it just, that is when the hacking starts. I want to dash for cash a year and a half ago, and I didn't touch anybody, but I took aggressive passes and I blocked the shit out of people. And it was for 80 right. bucks, and I kind of felt bad. Right. 
Oh, um, what else do we? Yeah, get? money prizes make people lose their mind. I bet you whoever wins it will be dumb enough to deposit it in their bank account, but not smart enough to take it off their taxes. <laughs> yep. Because yeah, that'll that, get you in the end, unless prize, they're yeah. unless they're sitting on a mountain of you know deductions exactly. to make it happen for them. I went out. My my most successful year in snowmobile racing, mm-hmm. I went out and bought a jet ski, and I had my tax person write it off as a as workout equipment. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and we got away with it, and I ended up not paying a dime. Nice, nice. Um, I was so you cannot legally and. You, you think you'd get caught by TSA. You cannot have that much cash on hand. It is literally illegal. That's one of those things that's in the Patriot Act. You cannot have that large sum of cash on your persons. It is illegal. Huh. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that until... Pe- Not that I'll ever find myself in that position, but... That's strange. I I like to fantasize about it. <laughs> you know, I know. I mean, I remember farmers when I was racing uh, snowmobiles. There were farmers walking around with ten grand in their pocket just in case something catastrophic happened throughout was that the race. Pre or weekend. post two thousand one? What's that? Was that pre or? Well, I should say pre or post. Um, well, yeah, post. It was it okay. was in the 2010s. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's way past the first Patriot Act. No, I wasn't aware of it either until Pete Phillips brought it up. He's like, oh, the Patriot Act, it's illegal to carry that kind of cash. It's like, holy shit, he's right. I had to look it up. <laughs> um, Yeah, so anyway, I don't know. I hope it does something good, but that much cash... That many egos. They're, the entry list is huge. It's massive. Uh, hopefully bad shit doesn't go down, but it's going to go down. I can't I, imagine. See, I, I, don't like, I don't like going to large events for anything rela- related to RC because I don't want to sit around all goddamn day yeah. waiting to race for five minutes. I don't even... Most of the time, I don't even like going to trophy races around here. I I much prefer, you know, a Wednesday night club race that I know is going to get done in four hours. Right, right. I wish I could so go So I Wednesdays. can't imagine going across the country and sitting around all fucking day to rip my drag car, you know, one time down a strip. One time. A lot of those guys will be out in the very first time they rip. Right. Because it's the, you know, it's elimination brackets. So, yeah, it's a bummer for those guys at least. So hopefully there's a good pit party going on. You'd think so. It's in Vegas. So you'll find stuff to do. It's going to be superficial and shitty, but you can still have fun in a superficial and shitty way. No doubt. Um, Speaking of big races, uh, they finally put out the INS flyer number 11 with Hobbyplex opening it up in February. Hopefully their restrictions are currently dealing with are lifted. I plan on going. 
I might run three classes if it's cool. big enough. If it's big enough. I might set up my stadium truck for dirt run 13.5 stadium truck. Maybe. Right on. The race will have to be big enough. I will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be keeping Joe 3 rolling, and then I'm going to have my mini truggy, and then I think I'm going to run stock buggy there. Cool. I'm going to run mod at club races, but I'm I, dude, the the entry fee is fifty dollars. Right, we're not f- trying to fool anybody. We don't belong in mod anything at the national level. No, so. no. I am slowly seeing improvements upon myself this winter running mod, but they're not big enough leaps to where. And then a couple weeks ago, actually, is last week. I ran stock at the toy box, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm immediately competitive. It's so much easier, all that shit. All the things that are wrong with it, I'm good at it. <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, that's all I got right now. Should we cover some Because qu- he wants me to call him at 8.30. Should I see if we can call him now? Well, at least uh, get him on the horn. Um, make sure that he's going to be here at 8.30. Why don't you just, uh, why don't you hit the pause button here? And All right, I'm going to message him. I'm going to hit pause here. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, it is working. All right, we're recording again. We are, Ryan and I are joined by Chase Ehrlich from Racecraft USA. How's it going tonight, Chase? It's going good, man. Just kind of winding down from uh, the weekend at the track and, um, just excited to be on here with you guys. Right on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Ryan and I went through our race results already. Uh, we both, you know, we live in the same state, but we race totally different things this weekend. So you were at the Toys for Tots race this weekend. Where was that? I know that's usually a big race around your area. Yeah, it was It was big. There was a really killer turnout, and uh, it's in Palm Desert. It's actually uh, Anthony Westergaard's track. Oh, awesome. That is yeah, awesome. man. So what uh, what classes did you run? I ran open e-buggy and yep. intermediate nitro. And uh, then my son ran rookie right. with an eight-scale e-buggy. Cool, cool. So how would you guys do? My son did great, dude. Uh, he qualified second and ended up fish- finishing second. He was nice. running out front and pretty much checked out. And then I think some of those checkout jitters got to him and he started making, you know, he started to overdrive and try and be fast. And yeah. he's telling me headphones, like, I'm going to start trying to whip stuff. No. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no, come no. on, man. <laughs> so he was grandstanding a little bit and it cost him a position. And, uh, but we were stoked, man. We're super stoked on him. That's awesome. Me, I, the track was so cool, man. It was, yeah. it was really technical and it was, well made and everything worked yep. i had a hard time finding finding a good flow for some reason i just couldn't i could put a lap together here and there but just a consistent flow i just couldn't find it yeah both I, days. so um i ended up qualifying i think like sixth or seventh somewhere around there in uh e-buggy and then i finished around the same spot and then nitro i qualified uh 
it was still single digits. I can't remember what exactly what position, but um, got out into the front pack right after the first lap. The the first couple of laps were pretty wild. They had, I think it was like 12, maybe 13 cars. I, I don't know. Yep. It seemed like there was a lot of cars on the track and everybody was getting into each other, but, and I, I just couldn't put it together and had a gnarly crash and ended up cracking my wing. Oh, and, and I don't know if you've ever tried driving oh, yeah. without a wing, but man, it's, it's impossible, but kind of fun. I drove uh, it for probably about five laps before I ended up just totally grenading my car Yep. after that. But, um, it was fun to try and drive it, you know, just keeping it pinned in the air and yeah. <laughs> hoping for the best. In, in 32 years, I've had a wing break on me several times and not one time has it ever worked out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it happened to me once once before, and I just pulled off, you know, and I kind of regretted that. Yeah. So this, I just, um, I just went for it to see, you know, if I could make it through the whole thing, and I definitely couldn't. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like Anthony Westegard's track. Um, I believe Anthony's going to come to Minnesota in the spring and build a track for the guys down in Rochester, Minnesota. He's, I, I forget. They're, the Southern Minnesota RC Car Club's paying one of the big track builders to come and build a track for him. I believe it was Westegard. Oh, wow. That's exciting. It is very us. exciting. Because what they're going to do is expand it. Because it's like the size, it's a medium-sized 10-scale track right now that they run A-scale on. But they're going to expand it. They have the room to expand and make it bigger and all that stuff. So that's going to be exciting. Very cool. Nice, man. His tracks, I've driven on... Uh, three of his layouts now one at rev and then two at that palm desert track and they've been awesome man he's got the you could tell his moto background is definitely in his track building man it's super cross style you know you gotta you gotta be on point to make it through some of his rhythm sections and they're they're rad sure sure so Very cool um a lot of people might not have heard you on the no name rc podcast you were on the last episode of that and that's what kind of got me to contact you because you're an interesting dude because we have quite a few pros ex-pro skaters in minnesota and you are a former pro skateboarder yourself so what discipline are you and what what generation did you skate in like what years um i skated you know all the way from like fishtail boards to current um, okay. i started skating when i was really young yep and that's when like uh it was just starting to get into big pants small wheels era yep you know yeah um getting out of that my first board was a fishtail ray barbie sure. type board yep you know like the last generation of those and then they started kind of egging out yep. and then they turned into uh what they kind of are now but um it was it was right at that you know i was when i was a kid i was watching videos of the bones brigade and stuff but i was growing up on uh when world industries just came out and blind and you know oh. those kind of that kind of scene yeah. was going on i had the one of the first world industries board i had the original flame boy that was the last board i got nice yeah and think like the brand think yes. and uh a lot of that stuff was going on right on so were you um street or vert? I was street, but also with a lot of tranny influence because we we were always skating mini ramps and and stuff like that, but not, nothing vert. Okay, right on. Because um, 
when so Ryan, when was Dave LaRue vert? He was in the early nineties, right? Yeah, I'm sh- well I'm sure I'm trying to remember how much older than me he is. So he he was probably doing it in the mid to late eighties as well. Okay. And uh Strand Demo also was Vert, wasn't he? Oh, I had no idea that Demo was ever into skate. Yeah, I believe he was. Okay. Well, conversation for another day anyway. Yeah, for but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Dave, the the height of his ramp building and vert riding days were mid to late eighties and then squeaking into the nineties. Sure. I kind of I kind of wonder if he ever rode with uh, Jason Ellis. Um, so remember, <laughs> la- <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember last episode when um, I told you I was gonna get that Dave Larue shirt for eighty dollars off eBay. Oh yeah, I completely forgot about it, but yeah, I, now that you say it, I wish I would have because another one popped up on eBay for three hundred dollars. I would have sold that <laughs> son of a bitch and made a nice profit. There you go. Yeah, yeah I heard that one. <laughs> yeah. That's... That vintage Don't, skates... There is definitely no Chase memorabilia on the interweb. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I've seen one or two of you. I, I had to Google you. So I've seen a signature board. Yeah. They're still selling that? Somebody is? It's uh, older. I, I don't think there. It, it was a guy asking what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, from how long did you skate pro until until like what year? Well, it was it was kind of wild because my career, like as a professional, was very short. But I did a lot as an amateur. Yep. That was most of it. Gotcha. You know, um, towards the end, it was pro, and then um, just kind of broke myself off big time, like back to back to back. Yep. And uh, was kind of I wasn't over it, but I think. I had been doing it for so long that I kind of was over it. You know, I, I, I started skating competitions when I was eight and yep. dealing with all of the, and I got my first sponsor around that same time, you know, kind of like a, a child, like a kid that rips gets sponsored pretty easy, sure. you know, a kid with any kind of talent. And, uh, I've been dealing with that since eight, you uh. know? So I don't know, man. I, I think it was just kind of the right time to, to step out of it. Right on. Um, like, like, but 20, it left a, last, a lasting mark on you, did it not? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking right this. behind this that I think everybody would like to hear again if they already had. So well, I left a bunch of, a bunch of them, man. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're talking about the one you're talking about on uh, Keenan's podcast. Because, you know, we, so Ryan and I, we're, we're BMX guys. So we got beat up from right. that. And I do jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, and I want to get MMA fights before I'm way too old. I'm already way too old, but before I'm elderly. Um, nice. Well, I also raced a lot of BMX, and I also, uh, right before I got back into RC, raced mountain bikes and built trails and everything for the past two or three years. Really? That's yeah, cool, man. man. Yeah, so, so we'll get back into that. But first, <laughs> the split urethra. I to change subject on purpose <laughs> uh yeah the chopped urethra was a gnarly one that was in seventh grade yeah and uh i got credit carded if that makes sense yeah, um, it totally my makes sense with my, with my board and uh chopped my urethra in half and did some pretty good damage not only uh physically but socially oh yeah uh, I was in, 
Yeah, did it set you? Did it set you back? Come prom time, uh, I didn't make. I never went to a school dance. Oh, you missed out. <laughs> well, I was I was having fun without having to do that stuff. Well, I'm sure you're having fun, but I mean, it's <laughs> you only get a couple opportunities to do those in your life. I actually that bums me out a little bit. So yeah. I I'm, I never wanted to do one. I had, um, as a young person, I was traveling a lot for motocross racing, but. Um, they worked on me hard enough. My peers did that. I, I went to two dances my senior year and I don't regret it, but anyway, continue. Well, please. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm on the other side of the coin. I, I got to add in on this cause I went to a bunch of dances cause I was girl crazy, but none of the girls were having it. Um, weird. yeah, weird. I'm just shocked. <laughs> well, I went to the dances, but I never went to like a formal dance, gotcha. you know, where you dress up stuff. My band, I was in a punk rock band in junior high, and we actually played, uh, we were a minor threat cover band, and we played at one of our school dances. It was sick. Oh, oh I, I get it now. You didn't have to go to formal dances to get action. I'm, now I'm totally caught up. Yep. Did you get that one? Yep, now I get it. Yeah, so at, at, by the time I was a senior, I was so over the whole dance thing. I went to the senior prom but I got so screwed up. I, w- I was a shithead. I got so screwed up on mushrooms and ecstasy that I don't remember a second. Holy so. moly. Well, I never went to it one day of my senior year in yeah. school, but I didn't. I never did any of that stuff, man. I never got caught up in that. No, that's good. I, like I said, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was a I liked sh- girls a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a, I, I was a jerk when I was younger. I'm still kind of one, but I'm got it under control now. <laughs> so, so you credit carded yourself. So, how long was the recovery on that? Uh, it was about a year until I could start doing everything. Something I didn't say on uh, Keenan's podcast was um, I still had my catheter in, and we were like three quarters of the way through. Yeah, and I was like thirteen or fourteen, and. Um, I was getting bored of doing nothing, so I hopped on my bike and started riding it around. Oh no! And it, and it like the seat like agitated it. Yep. And it, and it ruptured again, and I like bled <clears throat> out in my parents' bathroom, and had to get picked up by the ambulance and go through everything all over again. Oh, good grief! That's oh. just terrible. <laughs> yeah, I had something like sixty staples in my stomach from when they where they had to cut me open and like pull my bladder down from my heart. So I've got a scar from my belly button down to, you know, my trunk, just oh, about. Oh, I, I, I literally feel your pain right now. I'm just cringing. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. freaking gnarly. Well, it's, uh, it's, I mean, instead of like a happy trail, I've got like the, the highway to heaven, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So... <laughs> this is getting deep quick, man. No, I mean, that's what we do here. I mean, yeah, other guests we've had on. I mean, that's kind of how Ryan became the co-host is we're just sitting around in a hobby shop doing a podcast. And it's like, hey, Ryan, you want to do this every other week? He's like, yeah. (laughs) Sick. It is. Currently, it's what's keeping me connected to the hobby most because I'm – I did what we all do. When When I got into it five, six years ago, I went in head first. You know, bought 13 cars, spent tons and tons of money, and I had to go to the track, you know, three times a week. Now I'm at a stage where uh, I probably only race about once a month right now. But, I, yeah, I get on the, the podcast so that it, 
keeps me connected. I'm, I'm looking at what's going on in the region. I'm still talking to people so that I actually have something to talk about on this show. So, yeah, I enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, there's nothing better than talking shop about RC cars, man. So you guys are in Minnesota, right? Right. I skated a contest there back in the day, and it was under some bridge for the Dew Tour. They were oh, having cool. Like, they were, um, or uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Dew Tour. Yep. But it was under a cool bridge that had like these half pipes made out of concrete and like this bridge supports. You guys know where that's at? I want to say, is that Minneapolis? It is, and I wonder if some of that would... Do you remember that video that Levi LaValle made of uh, riding his snowcross sled downtown? Yes, Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I I think they might have caught some of that in there. But anyway, continue. Oh, I just was, you know, making something for conversation. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, say, yeah. That was actually my first pro contest was there. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. So you got into RC kind of like how a lot of people got into RC with like the old Tamayas and stuff like back when you were a kid, right? Yeah, my dad had them. My dad was always into them. And then when I had that injury, um, they got me a new Losi kit because I lived right around the corner from M&M Hobbies. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those old footage of like the world championships there. I, like Masami Kurosaka and Brian Kinwald and stuff, but that was that track. I, oh, that's amazing. I dreamed. Yeah. I dreamed of going there when I was like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, I was there, dude. We were there every day. My mom would drop me off because I wasn't able to do anything while I was hurt, and I only yep. lived a couple miles away from there. Yep. So I would go down there and hang out all day. Right, right. And, so cool. And for you, you know, that was probably, like for us in Minnesota, that's like, oh, man, that's a Mecca. I want to get out there one day. But for you, I'm guessing that was just kind of like the track. Because we yeah, had. It was, yeah. Yeah, it really just, just was just like that. You know, I had no idea where I was at, you know. Yeah. Because we have a world-class um, carpet off-road track here called Thunder Road Raceway. And that's a world-class facility, but guys around here just consider it the track. Yeah. I've yeah, been, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I've been noticing that. So you got to go to Eminem, was at 90? So you had a triple X TCR, was it? It was a double X TCR. Double X, so you're looking at 1997-ish, right? Maybe, probably. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the kid, the kid came out in June of 1996 because I remember the kit being de- I was at the race where the kit was debuted. Okay, and that was in June of 1996 at the Stock Nationals. Nice, and it was powered by a Novak Cyclone. Oh, those were awesome. They were really good, but they blew up at a drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i never blew one i ran stock okay was, that's cool stock was stock when it was actually like really slow yeah yeah <laughs> i remember those days yeah, yeah that's so cool man that you raced back then and then i'm guessing you got back into skateboarding and girls yeah skateboarding and uh bmx you know i always did bmx on the side right you know always building dirt jumps and, and hanging out and doing that and so, skateboarding at the same time. Yeah. What was your favorite ride in BMX? What was your favorite bike? 
Um, I had a Redline Proline when I was a kid because we were a little bit more racy. Yep, yep. I and then uh, I used the same bike once I could ride twenty inches. You know, my dad wouldn't let me take like my junior or my expert yep. <laughs> out of the garage unless we were going to the track because you yeah. would destroy it. Oh, for sure. And uh, even though I, you know, I did and grenaded a lot of rims taking it out yeah. without a permission but um yeah just like a 20 inch red line i think it was a pro line when i got my my 20 inch nice so you know but i always wanted all the guys in the neighborhood all had like elves and hawks and you know yeah those bikes drool over those yeah but, um yeah my yeah man my my favorite bikes when i was a kid was uh my robinson white powdered pro team was spins and oh i remember spins man yeah Everybody Cool guys at the track had those. They were shit boxes. I, <laughs> I love the bike. I hated the rims. And then I ended with a standard R125. All right. And, yeah, and you're it, really into. Aren't you into collecting those vintage bikes and building building them up? No, I was gonna get in. It's like one more thing because I got an old. Um, I gave him the vintage bike. I was gonna restore. I gave it to my son. It was a specialized fat boy. Um. AL1, I believe. And those things, they're rare because nobody wanted them. But I I always wanted one when I was a kid because they're so weird. Right, right, right. You want to hear a crazy story? Sure. My dad was a UPS man, mm-hmm. and he delivered packages to Eddie Fiola. Oh, really? And so cool. My dad started talking to Eddie Fiola. My dad's a crazy talker. You can make friends about with anybody, and... uh he started uh, talking with them and I'm, he's like, my son's five. He loves riding BMX and blah, 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 blah. So I hooked up with Eddie Fiola and started riding bikes with him at like age five or six. He had one of his demo trailers in his front yard, the trailer that folds down into a big quarter pipe. Yeah. And, um, started riding with him and Todd Anderson and Martin Aparillo, like a lot at like five and six years old. And we became really good friends. And then I did uh, bicycle demos with him at Knott's Berry Farm for Gail Webb's Vision Streetwear demos. Oh, that's rad. <laughs> as a <laughs> as a as a five or six year old right there. And then my dad stayed friends with him forever, dude. And we went to Eddie Fiola's wedding and um, we were building some bike jumps about three years ago. And I still had his phone number and he, Eddie Fiola was, came out and was riding bikes with us. It was sick, man. That is real cool. Um, the closest pro i've ever had near me or anybody of any influence was uh jim reimstra from standard dirt jumper grew up eight miles from me nice you know and yeah, Stan- standard still has a pretty uh core uh following here in the twin cities area too if i ever nice. If I ever get another BMX bike, like a modern one, it's going to be another standard. There, there's something, like I had one of the original standard R125s. And you know when you get on a bike and it's just wrong? The standard was just right. It fit me so nicely. But at that point, when I quit racing, I was 18-ish. And I was trying to live on my own. And I had... A couple of girlfriends. I'm like, I don't want... I, I even quit. I didn't quite quit RC racing, but I was maybe racing RC cars bi-monthly at that point. I just didn't give a shit. <laughs> nice. So, anyway. um, So, 
you've been back racing for about a year now. You've gotten pretty hardcore into the A-scale scene out there in California, which is very easy to do. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got an eight-scale buggy out here. It seems like if you're not running the indoor OCRC or SDRC, yep. it's much eight, an eight-scale e-buggy is, is the standard and the most popular class by far out here. Sure. Um, do you run any 10-scale at all? I just got rid of an EB410 Yeah, that I love. I loved driving that little car, man. It was cool. Yeah. But... um. I kind of, I'm kind of like more of a simplistic dude, you know? So like, I don't want to have two different kinds of batteries and all these different kinds of tires and different servos and all that stuff. I just like running one, one brand, one class, you know? I, I totally get it. I, I really simple, do. I you do. know, that's the reason I've held off on getting a truggy is I just don't want to have to worry about having a different size tire in my box and stuff, man. So, I don't know. Truggy. What chassis are you guys running? Uh, I'm running HB. Okay. Very cool. I just got picked up on their team, man. I'm stoked. Yeah. No, congratulations. Thank you. They're very nice cars. We got a couple of guys locally here that run them. Um, and a guy kind of locally, but not really. He goes to the hobby plex a lot. Why am I blanking on his name? Chris Morant. Chris Morant's our HB fast guy around here. And I've never seen him stick to a car like he does to the HB, so I know it's legit because he's gone through everything. Nice. Yeah, so you're, you're probably struggling a little bit with not buying their brand-new Truggy kit that finally came out. Uh, a little bit. I'm, I'm <laughs> <definitely>, <laughs> I mean, it's really tempting, man. Dude, really tempting. I, I, I got to keep it simple, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I got a budget, and... Uh, I'm pretty much at the very tip top of it running the three cars that I have. Budgets yeah, suck, sure. max out credit cards. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not really. Not really. Don't. <laughs> anyway, so you've been in this and then you for, recently formed a company called Racecraft. And I started seeing these little things around Facebook. Actually, I just, first time I saw it was a couple months ago on Nick Wallet's Facebook page of these table accessories that you're you make it's just a shelf you you put on a table and you have accessories for them and it has a really nice light so why don't you run through what racecraft usa is and what you are making currently um racecraft is a brand that i started with my buddy um we've been going to the track for a little while and um we were at the track one day and this guy had a uh little scaffold ladder like a, you know, one of those three foot aluminum ones that you can get from Home Depot that are like 78 or 70 or 80 bucks. Yep. And, uh, he was using it with a light and I was like, man, that's really cool. I'm going to have to come up with my own version of that, you know, cause I thought it was rad and that's what we do. And, um, I cut down a wire storage rack that I had in my spare bedroom. I just cut the legs off of it and used one of the shelves and made my own little makeshift version of that. And then um, I was running that with a light, and it was good enough for me. And then some other guys started doing the same thing, but they were putting other, like, attachments on it, like pegboard attachments and all this kind of stuff to kind of hang all their crap on it. Right. I was like, wow, that's bitching, you know? So sure. um, we were kind of had the idea of kicking around, and some local guys were, you know, kind of pressuring me, like, yeah, man, you should do something, you know, all that. And um 
I talked to my buddy and, and he wanted to throw down some cash and, and see where we could take it. So, um, he threw down some cash for the prototypes and our first, uh, shipment, you know, our first order of 40 that we ordered of them. And, um, here we are, dude, we've almost sold a hundred of them nationwide. They're in a old, they're from New York to Florida to Kentucky to Tennessee, New Mexico, Texas, Washington. They've been everywhere, man. We're stoked. So now for accessories, you make something called G-Blocks. So what different kind of G-Blocks do you have for your setup? Right now we've got a shelf that's kind of like a, a the do-it-aller. You can put whatever whatever you want on it. Okay. Um, it'll also, it's sized to the base of uh, your radio. Pretty much any radio will stand in that. So it's nice to just have a lot of guys are putting like wireless chargers inside of them. Cool. And uh, charging their radios on that. Nice. And then we have a driver holder that's sized for MIP tools. And then we're working on one that's going to be designed for all your other standard, you know, like ProTech drivers and things like that. Right. And we have a shock block that we designed for an eight scale shock. So you can let them, you know, bleed out, you know, air bubbles and whatnot off to the side. You don't have to worry about knocking them over on your table or anything like that. So they can just hang out over there. That is, But cool. uh, we didn't know it at the time, but a lot of guys are using them for like their brushes and all kinds of different stuff for the shock block. It's pretty, pretty universal what guys have found to do with that. And then um, we have we're coming out with a headset holder that's been getting a lot of attention, a lot of requests that we are trying to get made right now. Yeah, I have one, and uh, Nick Watlett has one, and Ryan Reese has one right now. So they're we're using them and seeing if there's any kind of changes that need to be made to them before uh, we go full blast into production. They've got it holds the headset, and then it's got a little cubby hole so you can throw the battery in there because you know the. The radio, the the not the master, you can turn that one off, but the remote side. Yep. If you leave it plugged in, if you leave the battery in there, it just stays on. Yeah. So that you know they, we're spending three hundred plus dollars on headsets. You should be able to shut both sides off. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bummer, man. It's a pain in the butt. It is. You know. So we got that going, and then um, we've had a couple of other ideas from uh, some of the guys that are you know, running them already, you know, we're looking into doing something for paper towels. Cool. Um, Nick walk, Nick, while found something at home Depot that works really good for paper towels. So I don't know if we're going to go into making one or just have people get their own through yep. home Depot. I mean, that would be a lot simpler. It would easier. Be. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I'm going to start trying to figure out here pretty soon. Once I can get some free time is, uh, like an led lighting kit that we can sell in addition to the command module. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, what I like about the command module, it's it's so versatile, and it folds up, and it's easy to transport and whatnot, but I've seen it on people's tailgates. I've seen it on their regular six-foot table, all that stuff. I really yeah. like it. We've left a lot of room in it for people to use their imagination with you know how they want to run it and what they want to do. Um, so I think that's what makes it really cool. It's, you know, each leg has six one inch hole knockouts that you can either leave it as a solid wall or you can knock out the knockouts and run your cords and everything outside. So when you're staring at your pit, it's completely cordless. Yep. You just have all your stuff that's, you know, charging or plugged in. It just looks like it's floating in there, man. It's sick. 
you know, I do have a G block request. I know you've probably heard a bunch, but we're working on a can holder. Not a no, ah, <laughs> but that would be cool. But a G block that held an I charger 406 with a power supply, because that. Oh, Every, well, everybody in our region has the iCharger 406. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what you normally see at the track. Absolutely. I, I always yeah. just thought that'd be rad. Um, no, that would that would definitely be killer. Um, I'd have to look and see. I mean, those the charger the charging stands that I see aren't that aren't too much material. Yep. So that sounds like it could work out definitely because our shop. I mean, our shelf. It's taken our printer a good eight hours to print just one. Okay. Because with the material and, and whatnot that it takes to do that. Right. So, so we're finding 3D printing is not fast at no, all. No, it's <laughs> not. So you're shipping this stuff. Um, so obviously you have national shipping figured out. Have you tried to figure out international shipping? Have you had to turn away like somebody from the UK or anything like that? Or are you figuring it out? Unfortunately, we've had to turn away dudes from Europe and the UK. I think those are the same thing. Yeah. Um, and Canada. A lot of guys want them in Canada. It's crazy. And we haven't been able to do anything with them yet. Our website is set to launch on January 1st, so hopefully within the website we'll be able to build in international shipping. Yep. So that's when we're looking to start branching out of the USA. So, yeah. So your the unit folds up. It folds up. Am I right about that? Yeah, it folds inward flat. Inward flat, and it's 13 pounds? Yeah, so roughly it- around pounds yeah that's not bad at all my ogio bag weighs about a hundred weighs about 145 pounds <laughs> yeah i just picked up one myself they're awesome dude so have you uh figured it out yet that you need the plano lock jaw um containers yes uh, I'll yeah, send I'll send you a picture of my setup. It just keeps everything nice and neat. I have a lock jaw for every different car I have. I have a lock jaw for my charging setup. All that's the the OGO bag, man. That's the way to go, but it gets heavy really fast. Yeah, mine mine's pushing probably fifty pounds right now. I just I just transferred over this weekend from a regular old hauler bag, like a racer's edge drawer hauler bag to yep. the OGO. Right. And I got to change. I have like a a humongous pile of miscellaneous crap on my bench right now that I got to go through and figure out how to organize that I kept in that thing. Yeah, those Plano lock jaws, you can fit six of them in there. And then if you have a Hitachi driver, the green driver, that that fits in the back part with the hump. Okay. I've got the Milwaukee one. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, the, I'm sorry. No. A little blue the bends okay yeah um let's see what else do i got for you um oh, i got basically so how much is it to um ship normally because the price point on it right now is about 130 dollars for the command unit right yes okay about how much is shipping let's say to ship it to minnesota it's been under 50 bucks everywhere that's not bad so- so it was exactly 50 bucks to go to New York and then every from California and then everywhere else has been cheaper. Yeah. 
I mean, that, that that's not bad. Um, cause it's like, that's why, we, that's why we kept the price relatively low for right. how much it costs us. Cause we knew people were going to be having to pay a healthy penny to ship these things. We're not making a dollar on shipping. We're just trying to get them to people and we didn't want to have anything over 200 bucks. Well, that's the thing I used to try to stick it to <laughs> a main when I bought there. When you buy a Huddy a scale flat board, um, the shipping on it costs as much as a board. It's a $50 board with $50 shipping. Yeah, because they, they do the extra fragile shipping on it. Yeah. When, and, I got, when I got mine, it had a the whole corner was broken off. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> mine came with a broken corner, too. It just breaks your heart. It does. Yeah, do, but do you have plans to, to move on to uh, a distributor, or are you going to stay in direct sales with this? Dude, if we can, we will. You yeah, know? cool. And they... We're open to everything, dude. Right I mean, on. As far as this thing wants to go, and how how far people let it go, we're gonna go. We're gonna branch out to uh, other pit accessories. We have that in the plans. I have plans of hopefully um, trying to get this thing made out of some composite, some sort of a composite plastic or something to lighten the weight on it. Okay. Um, this is just Gen One, and we're grassroots out of the garage building these things by hand every day. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, that's it, man. Over a couple of Coors lights, put throw together like 20 of them and and uh, get them shipped out to everybody. I see something like a like a beach RC in your future. That that would just be great for this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Get somebody on the East Coast. I want I I really want this. I'm rooting for you. I want this to take off. It's it's a beautiful, simple project that it, so you look at it and you're like, "Well, that simple i can do that myself yeah you can do that yourself are you going to go through and spend all the time and go to the different places to pick up the different materials and actually do it no none of us are but you (laughs) did it and that's great it's been a lot of work man getting getting to where we were we went through through two prototypes a lot of money i mean these guys are really proud of them being able to draw stuff on a computer (laughs) it's not cheap dude and uh um we're glad we are where we're at, dude. We're yeah. stoked. And yeah, I'd love to get, you know, Beach RC or, or any of those guys on board with it once we're able to do it, you know? Sure. RC racers are the most fickle group of people I've ever been in contact with in my life. And I've only seen positive about this. I'm, I'm excited to get mine. I'm going to actually get mine... As soon as I'm, I'm going to a big J Concepts race in February in Omaha, the INS 11. After that's paid for, because you know, big race, you got to spend a ton of money on tires and all that crap in the hotel for several it, days. Yeah, man. I mean, it's this stuff ain't cheap to do, dude. That's that's for sure. Tires. I mean, you're spending a couple hundred bucks on tires to go to a race for a couple days, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, that's why I'm. Now my son's racing with me every week. So rad. Yeah, it is rad, but it's really started to hit my wallet finally. So <laughs> finally I'm starting to look like so the sponsors I do have like He's looking to sell out I is am. what he's trying to say. I am. <laughs> I am. Well the sponsor will sell out so fucking hard right now. So hard. <laughs> 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 the, the sponsors hey, I, if i didn't have my sponsors i wouldn't be able to have my son racing with me or 
you know, I'd be struggling big time. Exactly. The spon- the sponsors I had now, though, it's so different because I have to send a resume to these guys. Like the sponsors I have, like with Velocity RC, Donathan RC, and Boom RC, like with Mike Garrison and Zach Donathan and Rod Rippey, it was all a virtual handshake. I promote the living hell out of their products, and they give me a deal. And, nice. And with Velocity, I get a fantastic deal because I'll tell you what, man. Mini Truggy, if you're going to go that way, ooh, I, I love the I, new. I hit one for two days. Yeah? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it they, was cool. It's getting big around here. It really is so, like, down in Omaha, Omaha is six hours away from us. Two states away, six hours away. Down in Omaha last or this weekend, they had 27 mini truggies at a, a uh, Techno Series A scale race. Nice. Yeah, they had a mini truggy class at that race this weekend. Yeah. How, how, how does it work on like a bigger Anthony Westergaard track? Dude, those things are badass, man. They can handle it, they can do it all. Yeah, you know the uh, Ryan. So our our biggest track is FTR. That's uh, Seth Van Dalen's track. It's his dad's track on his property, and that track is huge. And Ryan, I don't, I I didn't have any problems. Did you have any problems with the size? Well, the the windy days. Yeah, the wind. The, that is you true. can't get away from it. It's you know you can't predict it. It's not a whole lot of fun in the windy days because the thing just isn't quite heavy enough. Right. You know, it won't cut through it quite like a nitro buggy will. Um, no, I I do have a blast with it on uh, everywhere at all of our local eighth scale tracks, and especially uh, up in Superior, up in Proctor, Minnesota, um, at Lake Superior RC Club. You know, they've got a little more of a hybrid track. It's kind of somewhere between 110 and 1.8, and that place is just amazing for it. It is. Sick. Yeah, aside from them being, I mean, obviously not as tough as an 8-scale buggy. They definitely more, are not. <laughs> a little bit more fragile. They can they can run with them, run with the big boys. I mean, Ryan Reese was running his mini truggy against 8-scale truggies at, <laughs> at one of the Thunder Alley races. It was That's sick. awesome. Oh, easily. <laughs> so... The Van Dalen family, they're a talented family. Zach Van Dalen is the mini truggy talented driver out of the group. I'm sure Seth would be as good, but Seth doesn't run mini truggy. Zach runs times with his mini truggy that would put him towards the top of a A scale A main. He is so freaking fast with that thing. They're sick. They they work great, man. They're it's, awesome. And what it, what it needs is you know some of these uh, bigger names entering their mini truggies into some of these races, and then it's it's over. It's a full blown NAR class, well, right? Right. I mean, well, you have Techno, you have X Ray, and you have PR. But then you have guys like me running conversions because I'll tell you what, man, I like my vehicles to steer. And nothing steers like my mini truggy. That thing turns on a dime. Ryan hates it. <laughs> Can't stand it when something does exactly what my finger tells it to do. Because guess what? <laughs> my fingers are stupid. Yeah, I dump my cars down a lot. Expo is my friend. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
Do you run? <laughs> uh, I got. Do you run Sanwa radios? Yes. Do you have M12, M17 around that genre? I've got a 44, the blue collar model. Ah, dang. I don't think the 44 has it, but it might. But there's a setting on here. I've talked about this on other podcasts, so I'll keep it short. There's a setting on there called feeling. Really? And it's ignored a lot of the times. But I think it's only on the 12s and the 17s. And it's weird. It's kind of like an expo, but not really. And it's kind of like speed, but not really. It smoothens it. It smoothens the frequency, and it makes it easier. It's so hard to explain. Well, it sounds like I might need to pick one up because that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll send you a picture of that setting, on too, because it it's changed. I, I, I've had the M12. Well, I have an M12S now, but I had the M12 when it came out in, I want to say, 2012. 2012 it came out and i've had this this kind of radio for that long and last year our local tlr guy torat showed me the setting i had no idea about it and ever since then i can't shut up about it nice i really can't yeah, i mean i'm not gonna lie i've been eyeballing some m17s <laughs> you know just kind of i get excited when i see one up for sale that's you know barely used and whatnot and i'd just haven't been able to pull the trigger on one I, yet. Ryan, what do you think of your M17? Because you went from a Futaba. I did. Uh, I briefly had an MT44, and that was like a placeholder. I, I got away from my Futaba because I was using um, the receivers, you know, the antenna-less receivers, and I was having range issues at a track that we have locally that's got a really big footprint and a really tall driver's stand and I, I couldn't pinpoint the problem so I basically just sold the load tried something else and it fixed it so I got rid of my Futaba got that MT44 for you know a month or something like that turned around sold it once the M17 became available and I've been really happy with it ever since based and I don't use all, all of the features I, I would be I would have more features than I need if I just had an MT44, but that M17 feels so good in my hand. And for a 30-minute nitro man, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it does feel good. I've had my hands around a couple of them, and they are sweet. Oh, man. Um, my hands go numb no matter what kind of radio I hold. I have to have the absolute smallest grip that comes with the radio, or I cannot feel I I just can't settle down enough to loosen the grip on the radio hmm. do you ever run a neck strap uh i tried back in the day and it just wasn't exactly eh. you know and again now that i do jiu-jitsu i could probably handle it a little more but i just couldn't stand the sensation on the back of my neck for that right. long well i had to stop riding mountain bikes because my my hands would fall asleep going downhill yeah and just couldn't hang on anymore, man. Well, I have, um, it's, a, it's, I don't know if it, what it is. I call it arthritis. I'm not exactly sure what it is. But from all the years of racing and all the years of BMX and video gaming and all that other stuff, my hands lock up when my fist is almost closed. Like huh. my fingers lock. 
in the place. It actually, again, back to jujitsu, it really helps with my jujitsu because I've got ridiculous grips. <laughs> like a pit bull. Yeah, like I, that, I grab somebody's that. collar to choke them. <laughs> they're not getting that grip off. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. That'd but, be good if you're ever like saving somebody hanging off a building or something. Oh, it for sure would be. But that, <laughs> but that's the thing. So I'm dealing with that a little bit. So it's me. It's not the rate. It's it's me. But I've realized that I need the smaller grip. I don't know. I am getting pumped for nitro season though. But I'm more pumped for this JCon race coming up. Um, Are you guys to DNC? I don't go to the DNC. It's too far, and I'm. A sea level driver, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. It'll be our first one, so we're gonna go out there, and me and my son are camping in my van for six days, and we're just gonna go out and make the best of it, man. Yeah, go have some fun. If I travel to one, it's gonna be the RCGP in South Carolina. Sick. Yeah, I was I was kind of pumped for one of those to be back at Thunder Alley to do one of those. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, I, I wonder if, cause JQ is going to way different tracks this year. I kind of wonder if he burnt that bridge at Thunder Alley. No idea, but yeah. I'm not at the position to start going out of state yet. So I'm going to stick around here. Well, you don't need to, you are in the Mecca of RC. <laughs> you yeah. Don't... Yeah. We're pretty stoked on, on where we're at and what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, you just how, how far was Westegard's track from your place? Uh, hour and forty five minutes. Oh, that's so nice. And then Thunder Alley is about forty minutes from my house. Wow! And then when you're at Thunder Alley, you got you know the Drakes and whatnot there. Yep, everybody's there, man. It's killer. And that then uh, we got Revelation, which doesn't get as much excitement as you know Thunder Alley, but it's still a rad track. Yeah, and that's about 35, 40 minutes away. Yeah, that's so nice. I mean, it's with the amount of the amount of knowledge that you have around you, you're gonna you're gonna get quick, fast, and your son is gonna get fast, fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's killing it, man. I mean, there's there's moments of greatness. Yeah, everyone with that guy, and I'm like, whoa. Right. That was incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just starting to see that in my son. Like yesterday, I'm, I I wasn't like, uh, so I learned a while ago, like for years, uh, my dad stood behind me and kind of coached me when I was racing. I learned early that I can't do that with my son. So I stand to the side and I'm like jumping up. I wasn't yelling, but I'm like jumping up and down, like biting my fist so I don't yell type thing. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, keep it up, you know, but then he makes a big mistake. It's like, you know, it's like, I made that mistake a million times myself, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the number one reason why I picked up the headsets was so that I can talk to him on the radio while he's driving. Sure. He drives electric. We don't need him. Yeah. Um, but just being able to talk to him throughout the race and during practice has elevated his game a lot because believe it or not, I don't get excited or whatever. It's a toy car and he's 11, you know, so I'm not going to 
be a, a rah-rah dad. I'm mostly keep trying to keep him calm. Yeah. You know, when, when he's making mistakes or somebody takes him out or he takes some, you know, right. <laughs> whatever, whatever's going on, I'm, I'm trying to keep him calm and keep him, uh, keeping him in check out there as far as uh, track etiquette, you know, exactly. accidentally cutting a track or accidentally hitting somebody, you know, teaching him the right way to handle himself while exactly. he's on the track. And, and that's the hardest thing too, about being like, I do have to restrain myself from cheering him on. Cause if you cheer him on, you're just going to make him more nervous. I think, yeah. but yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to, cause this is going to be my son's first year running at a scale. I think I'm going to have to, uh, spend, unfortunately spend $300 on some of those headsets. I've been avoiding it for so many years. Like my dad, he was my pit guy. I got to find a pit guy for this year. <laughs> but my dad, he he was my pit guy for many years, and I was his pit guy. He ran truggy. I ran buggy. And he's like, we should split this. I'm like, nah, just yell. Just yell. I don't want to <laughs> spend that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it definitely hurt. But, I mean, now that it's done, it's done. You right. Know? Except you can't turn the one end off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no but it it really works great we're we're stoked on them for for me and his communication and and uh it's been awesome they've been great so, so when those headsets first came out i'm like oh they're not original at any me by any means they've been out in some way shape or form or whatever i'm like i'm gonna find the original source and I'm going to buy them for way cheaper, like I do with my OS motors and my KO servos. I pay a fraction of what you do because I buy from the source. With those headsets, I went to the craziest sites, like in China and all that, and like had to like translate it three times. I couldn't find it cheaper. It is what it is for the price of those. Yeah. Yeah, and there's only one brand that makes them. Exactly. They've got it dialed in. Exactly. Hey, that should be your next deal. Find find a good two way headset. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was trying to figure out whatever way I could to to do it grassroots style with phones and stuff like that. And I was just like, you know, we're just gonna do it. Yep. Exactly. We just gotta do it, I gotta know? quit being a cheap ass. Is what it, re- it really comes. Exactly. Down to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, but it, it's cool, man. Because uh, never mind. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You finish up. I was just going to say it's getting late here. I know it's only 7 o'clock there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's getting late. we got to work construction tomorrow morning at 4, so. Yeah, I get up at 4, too. too. Um, so, Ryan, do you have anything else for Chase? No, I just, um, again, I I wanted to compliment you on, on your idea and the execution, and I, I'm hoping the best for what you guys are doing. You said you sold about 100 so far. I know you've got... Uh, two more sales that are just currently on the phone with you coming up shortly. And I wanted to give you a chance to first um, talk about the people that are helping you race RC. And then if you just want to make another uh, solid pitch on uh, what you're doing, where people can find you and how they can get your product and then we'll let you go. All right. Well, let me start out with thank you guys for the invite to come and talk with you guys tonight. I really appreciate it. That was cool. Oh yeah, I'm a for fan. sure. I'm a fan of your podcast. I listen to it whenever a new one comes out. And um, definitely the guys helping my race cramp, my uh, my race program and, and keeping it alive are uh, HB Racing. Just recently got on with them. And then uh, AKA, JT Bearings, 
and uh, SKG uh, SKG Custom Paint, Anderson Chevrolet, and um, Racecraft. <laughs> Racecraft's helping the race program for sure. Oh, heck yeah. And then you can find us on uh, Racecraft USA on Facebook, and then Racecraft USA, at Racecraft USA on Instagram. Cool. Yeah, and then your um, website, you said, is launching January 1st, right? Correct. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm I'm really looking forward to see the G-Blocks you come out with, too, because those are about, what, 15 bucks a pop? Yes. And yeah, we're stoked. I, I think because we built this thing so solid. It's a one-time purchase for anybody who gets one. Yeah, and uh, we're the only way to stay relevant is to be uh, keep pro- you know progressing with the G blocks. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, guys. Um, I think that. Oh, you know what? We got questions. We got a couple. Yeah, we didn't questions. do questions. We do oh, have to man. let Chase go, but we got to get to the questions. Hold on. These will be quick questions because we only got a couple of them. Um, you guys asking me questions? No. Well, we got we asked if anybody has any questions for you, but they're all for Ryan. People giving Ryan shit. So, <laughs> well, first, uh, Benny was wondering, your buddy Benny, uh, when is Ryan Ryan setting down the controller for a dirt bike? He made a deal. So, what is this deal? Was he going to get an RC car if you got another dirt bike? Yeah, honestly, I I never remember agreeing to that. Um, I, I've been away from motocross, um, we'll say seriously since, uh, 2008, 2009 ish. Um, it's been a long 11 years. I, I plan on getting back into it relatively soon. Uh, the 2022 season, I'll be 39 for that. So I was planning to get a bike, come out, race a little bit, and then, for us regionally, when I turned 40, my stiffest competition from when I was young, most of those kids are back racing again. They're not kids anymore. We're yeah. all, you know, old, fat, hairy men. But most of those guys aren't going to be 40 when I'm 40. Okay. So I'm going to hit the 40A. The, you know, they used to call it senior A. They probably yeah. still should. No, it's it's gonna... 40A. Brian Bowman cleaned up in that class. You have no problem in winning every single race. So 40A, with the year that I'm 40, I'm not going to have to deal with a bunch of guys that were faster than me. They qualified for pro nationals, and um, they just, yeah, they they raced at a much higher level than me. So I'm going to try to sandbag it a little bit and maybe get a title that first year as a 40-year-old. And you know what? Probably at the end of the day, I'm either going to stack it up and get hurt or some guy that I've never freaking heard of that started racing when he was 33 is going to come out and just smoke me because he's actually putting in the work. But <laughs> I've got my delusions in my head, and that's what we're going with. But it's total bullshit because Benny's spent, I don't know, maybe 1200 bucks so far, and I'm going to have to spend eleven to 12000 just for the bike with right. no accessories. Right. Sure. And then you'll get some a-hole that cross-jumps you like Dan Williams, and you're going to get a concussion and a busted orbital. <laughs> I'm look. I'm looking forward to being able to ride with Dan for sure. Yeah. Um, Chase, you might know the answer to this one. This is from Jason Chenard. Who is behind the Mimo Buggy page? People speculated it was me. I'm not that clever. I wish I could take credit for that. I have no idea, man. 
Have you been on it, Chase? Uh-uh. Oh. Dude, it's just funny stuff on Facebook. It gets a little vicious, but 99% of it's funny. What was the what was the dude button. that used to just blow people out? Like go in hardcore. What was that page called? Dead RC and that was taken away. So hold on. Uh Chase, it's Memo Buggy. M-E-M-O Buggy on Facebook. So that was Dead RC and so this was before you, Chase. There was this writer for Live RC named Aaron Waldron. And he was like one of your first writers that tried putting social justice to RC. Like he wrote an article about the negativity negativity of trophy girls and crap like that. Really annoying dude. <laughs> yeah. So that's his Doctor uh it was was it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Anyways, his let's say Mr. Hyde I I don't read books, but I, I get the reference. The Mr. Hyde side made this page called Dead RC. Just flame throwing the community and unfairly, like he could have faced some slander lawsuits. It was awesome, by the way. It it was. <laughs> But he started going after Live RC and crap like that. Who he worked for at the time, by the way. And so Brandon Rohde, being a tech genius, did a little bit of reversing on the IP address and went right to him. And he was obviously immediately fired from Live RC and was excommunicated from the RC community. Whoa. Yeah. Sounds the memes were, like Ryan said, they were awesome, but it was scorched earth to where the, <laughs> there were places it didn't need to be scorched earth. Oh, I loved it. Some of them made me cringe. I mean, that's that's difficult. <laughs> There's nothing better than a good yeah. meme. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and the last... He's twice as bad as me when we stop recording, but he actually put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one's from Dollar Hobby said, why did Ryan skip out early? And we covered that in the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, no bones about it. I got my teeth kicked in all day Saturday qualifying and I just, I was done uh, slowing down and moving over for people. I was like, you know what? I've had a fun day despite my absolutely horrible uh, race program that I put together. I'm just going to take the L with a smile on my face and go home. Yeah. So that's solid. what I did. What was that? I said solid. Sometimes yeah. You just got to do that, man. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chase. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. We'll uh, definitely keep in touch. And anytime you want to come on to promote any of your products, man, I love everything you're doing. Let me know. All right. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you, Chase. Good luck. All right. All right. I'm Joe Zer Jr., and with me was Ryan Greening and Chase Ehrlich, and we've ran out of talent.